Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the pod. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And we're both members of the Yuli gang, awkwardly hanging out in a house while Jacob Black breaks up with his girlfriend. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. What's good? What's up, Paige? I know that you know this, but just so the listeners know, um, my roommate is out of town and has given me permission to use her PC to play any game that I want on her computer because I have a Mac and it's just those things are not built for gaming. So I have been playing Nancy Drew PC games for probably like 18 hours in the past 24 hours. It's been amazing. That is so exciting for you. I was very excited when you told me about it. Also, we should mention to anyone out there who cares, it's probably just Paige and I, but they are remaking or restoring, I guess I guess I should say, Papa's Games. Boyfriend of the pod, Jacob, of all people, found out this information from Instagram Reels and <laughs> told us about it. And because someone was like playing pizzeria and so they're i think they're restoring them in the order that they came out and by they i mean cool math games because they are the only people i fuck with in this cruel world so anyways if anyone out there on the off chance please pop us just know that they're coming back they're just working on them you got to give it time when you sent me that snapchat it was Basically, Emily sent me a Snapchat revealing that you can play Papa's Pizzeria and that the other games are likely coming at a future day. It was, you know, I could have gotten the news, Paige, guess what? They have a cure for type 1 diabetes. And I still would have prioritized the Papa's news over it. (laughs) I'm so dead. Jesus Christ. Um, It's weird because Paige and I haven't recorded in a couple weeks. Um, A new episode just came out today that we recorded like two weeks ago um time doesn't make sense but basically i was on a trip for 12 days gang gang i my number one thing on my bucket list is to visit all 50 states but i have a strict definition of what that means i have to like go there and actually do something and peeing in a gas station or a rest area does not count so on this trip i got to add six states to my list which was very exciting which states virginia I also saw Washington, D.C., which should be a state. Look it up. Um, Massachusetts, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Delaware. Oh, and Connecticut. Now, when you when you do an activity, do you try and make it sort of pertinent to the state that you're in? So like when you had mentioned that you had gone to Massachusetts, that you had gotten a lobster roll, that is like a very Massachusetts thing. Is that what you try to do? Yeah, I try to. Um, I would say my weakest one was Delaware because I just ate at this hoagie place. I don't know if Delaware is really known for their hoagies, but maybe they are. Um, In Connecticut, we saw the Mark Twain house. In Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, we went to the Love statue. It's like a famous statue there. In Maryland, we went to the baseball stadium. And in Massachusetts, I was in Boston. And then in Virginia, I don't know if it really counts that much, but I was there. I was on a farm in Virginia for like five days, so I think that counts. I mean, you were doing things there. Yeah. I ate produce straight out the ground. It doesn't get more real than that. Organic baby. <laughs> um, I had a point. What was the point? Oh, I'm at 35. So 15 to go. 
what is your state that you want to visit next? Or like, what's like your, what's the state that you want to see the most that you haven't? I don't know if I have one that I want to see the most, but next I would love to cross off Idaho and Montana because once I get those two, the entire, like everything west of like the East coast basically will be done for me. Basically the other ones that are remaining are Alaska and Hawaii and then some in the South. Like I have several in the South that I haven't been to. Cool. Before COVID popped off, me and Paige were thinking about literally just driving to Montana. So we might resurrect that plan. Who knows? Yeah, since we're talking about Montana, my roommate Liddy wants to move there because it's pretty similar-ish to Colorado, like, environment-wise. Um, and for me, anyways, it, it's a long story, but basically Colorado is the state where funeral directors make the least amount of money because we have the laxest um laws in regards to education and licensing so in other states you have to do a lot more to be a funeral director um so you get paid more because you have uh, certain things requirements that you have to meet so i was like i could make more money in montana and it's right on the border of canada and i i would love to live in canada at some point in my life or at the very least, drive there like on a every other month basis and pick up a couple bottles of insulin since it's kind of over the counter there and just head back. So Montana seems like a pretty great place, not going to lie. Yeah, I would miss you if you moved. Um, also, I just think that you should know that there are a total of 12 people living there. <laughs> but if that does not bother you, I fully support your plan. <laughs> I actually... I really don't like a lot of people, so the least amount of people, the better. All right. Well, if you move there, I'll come visit you. Sad. <laughs> I guess folks want that over-the-counter insulin, though. Yeah. I um, I also like the idea of creating sort of like a black market medicine creator fa factory. That's the word I was thinking of. Where, like, people like manufacture different drugs for people and sell them at dirt cheap. So like having an insulin farm where you can extract insulin from different livestock animals and then bottling it because insulin is the same in all animals. It's just a hormone. Um, and then, yeah, I could just have endless pig insulin, you know, it'd be great. The problem with that is that you just said it on a recorded piece of audio that will be on the internet forever. I'm not doing it now. I'm just saying, you know, it, it's a cool idea for whoever wants to do that. <laughs> the face she's making right now is hilarious. Oh, that's funny. Okay, well, like, forever and, uh, and ever ago. Actually, I just read this a couple days ago in the Chicago airport. O'Hare, what a lovely place. That's sarcasm. I fucking hate O'Hare. Um, anyways, we read <laughs> chapter 11 of New Moon, which was called Cult. What did you think of this chapter, Paige? So it was... As I expected and predicted, it was going to be Bella interacting with Jacob after joining this gang and kind of seeing the differences in him. Um, a couple key points that I want to bring up. I already Snapchatted Emily about this, but I think that it should be illegal for me to read a chapter with an outstanding cliffhanger and not be able to read the next chapter. That was devastating for me. Um, two... Jacob was giving me a lot of 
Edward vibes in this in this chapter. Like I was seeing a lot of parallels between the two, despite the fact that he hates Edward and the Cullens in general. Um, he was his attitudes and the way that he was talking about himself. I was like, hmm, where have I heard this before? Edward Cullen, that's where. Three, how is Bella lucky enough to have not one, but two supernatural boyfriends? I know that Jacob's not her boyfriend, but, like, she's met a vampire and a werewolf. That's, I'll never be that lucky. I know, it's kind of like a teen wolf where you would turn around and every new episode there would be, like, a new creature that we had to fucking deal with. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, as you all remember, we left off at the end of the last chapter that we read live for Paige. And by we, I mean me. I don't know. I said we. <laughs> With the whole thing in the meadow, and Bella knows that Laurent and Victoria are after her, and she's just, like, freaking out. And she saw the wolves. So this chapter starts off with Bella basically explaining that she just is living in fear all the time. Like every day she wakes up, she's like, oh, shit, can't believe I made it. And then she's like, wait, what about Charlie? And then she checks on him. This is a bad position to be in. This actually, this is kind of dark, but it reminded me of like early to mid COVID. I don't even know if I could call it that because we're not even out of it. But I just every day that I woke up and my family didn't have COVID yet, I was like, okay I guess we'll do this again today it was just like so much anxiety and I feel like that's what Bella's living with just on a very personal level right now yeah I agree I at least with COVID the threat is known to all like I just feel so bad for Charlie and Bella too but like Charlie has no idea the threat that's on his life right now he's just living living his life and then Bella has to live with that knowledge that she can't even help him be prepared in case there was something bad to happen it's just it's I feel bad for all of them yeah and also how do you even get prepared for that kind of thing like there's no way to run could um get some garlic get some sunlight I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of no, none of that would work. <laughs> it was worth a shot. Um, she adds on to this that she is afraid to go see Jacob because, like, they could follow her scent up there, and then that would potentially endanger him. And so she just keeps calling and calling, and she actually sits in her truck for a while in front of her house thinking about going, but she just doesn't do it. Um, so then she is trying to talk to Charlie about it. And you were right, you were right. He does, Paige and I were talking about this before we started recording. He does call Harry Clearwater again. And Harry's like, well, he was at the council meeting. Poor Harry Clearwater's probably like, why are you so obsessed with me, AKA Billy? <laughs> I like, I, I'm pretty sure that Harry and Charlie are friends. So it wouldn't be out of the question for them to talk on the phone. But, like, I'm picturing making my mom call my middle school boyfriend's mom so I could get the scoop on what he was doing. You know, like, it's Harry is just in this weird situation where I don't even know if he knows that he's spilling the tea for Charlie or if he's just like, oh, yeah, no, they were over there. Whatever. Doesn't even think about it. But, like, using two, using 
your dad to use another person to get the inside scoop on your not boyfriend is just very funny. And yeah, it's even more embarrassing because they're not in middle school. They're literally, she's 18 years old. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah, I, she's in deep in this. Like she, she chose a new coping coping mechanism to get over, not even get over Edward, to not think about Edward. And now that coping mechanism is no longer there and she's spiraling. So anything can go in this scenario. It's real bad. So um, she's driving home from school on Friday afternoon. I like how she just occasionally references like days of the week as if we know what the fuck she's talking about and and or care. Yeah, I, you know, just just to make this completely unrealistic book grounded in a little bit of reality, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, true. That's a good tactic. Um, But she's driving home and she realizes out of the blue that she's like, Oh my gosh, I bet you Jacob joined Samuel's quote unquote gang, quote unquote cult. I want to ask you, it's hard because the evidence to Bella, I have to be fair, before she like goes and sees him, and honestly, after she goes and sees him, it does seem very like suspicious. I probably would also jump to the conclusion of drugs of some kind or violence of some kind or blackmail. But I also think it's like, I don't even know if I can say that it's racist calling it a cult, but it's definitely problematic. What do you think? Yeah, cult is a very strong word. And as as a true crime fan, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and done a lot of reading on just cults in general. And that's not what's happening. I mean, like, maybe, maybe it could be happening. But like, realistically no that's pretty outlandish to assume that um but I can totally see an 18 year old blowing it out of proportion and assuming like a worst case scenario they're in a cult they they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff you know I I can look at this situation a little bit older than Bella and think like yeah like you like you said it is a little suspicious but it's probably not something to that extent but I can see Bella thinking it. Yeah, me too. It's hard because she kind of has like some self-fulfilling prophecy and all the evidence kind of lines up on her side, even though it ends up not being really evidence at all. But yeah, I don't know. And also since she knows that vampires are a thing, why not there be a cult living in Forks? You know, anything outlandish could stand true in her mind. Yeah, that's really true. That's really true. If you, okay, if you were you, but you were in Bella's shoes, what would you, like, think was going on? I I think that maybe one of my thoughts might be it has something to do with their culture that I just don't know about, and maybe it's not my place to ask about it, because, I mean, I'm a white person, so... That's not really my business. But I think I would also think what you were thinking, that it could be some kind of drug thing or some kind of like being forced to join up with people because of violence. I would think something to that extent. Yeah, I feel like I would too. I think the only other alternative, and maybe it's kind of combined with what we already said, but I'd be like, he just got sick of like 
trying to hang around some girl that doesn't want to date him. So he just like totally swung the pendulum the other way. I would definitely think that before meeting up with Quill, the Quill thing kind of complicates things because he's really worried about it too. But anyways. Yeah. And like to counter the argument or to counter the point that I made, you know, if it was something cultural that she didn't know about, why don't any of them know about it either? Like, Jacob didn't know about it up until this point, basically, and Quill doesn't know about it. So if it is a cultural thing, why would it be kept a secret? I don't know. I can't really think of why that would be the case, but um, I 100% agree with you that Bella doesn't wouldn't want to confront the notion that maybe he's just trying to move on from you since you guys had that conversation at the movie theater and... Yeah, you know, like, maybe he's just, like, sick of it and doesn't want to do this anymore. But I don't think she wants to, I don't think she wants to confront that notion. Yeah, definitely true. I did, this is, this is, I I thought of this when I was reading the chapter. I don't want to get into it, but when I was in high school, I did Google, how do you get out of the friend zone? And one of the tactics (laughs) that this I I blog, I don't even remember, was to just remove yourself from the person's life. Either you will remove yourself from a situation where you're not, they're not interested in you and you can get over it, or they'll miss you so much and miss having you around that they'll reach out to you and maybe be interested in you, in you romantically. And that's what this made me think of that, like you said, maybe he, um, maybe he just was kind of sick of it and wants to end things. And guess what? It worked. Bella's like, well, I'm showing up. I got to see what's going on. He has to talk to me right now. It was all an elaborate scheme to get Bella to date him. (laughs) I don't think that Jacob is that mischievous or conniving, but it's a fun idea. It is. And I, I won't ask any further questions, but. Did it work for you? <laughs> um, no, because I'm too much of a Hufflepuff to just not be friends with someone. Um, and also, I, I am also, I guess this is also kind of a Hufflepuff thing. I'm such a people pleaser that I can't not be friends with someone who wants to be my friend. So, you know, it did not work. Yeah, I feel like you and I are really good, like, um, embodiments of our three personality, like, characteristics. Because Paige is a two on the Enneagram, a freaking Leo, and a Hufflepuff. And I just feel like that has a lot of the same energies. And I am a three on the Enneagram, a Capricorn, and a Gryffindor. Yeah, that is that is pretty on point. I made Liddy take the Enneagram and it was extremely accurate. The face that she made when she was reading it was like. (laughs) For those listening, Paige just rolled her eyes. That's very funny. Yeah, I think think she was an eight. I don't know what the ones are after like through three. I always forget what they are. Maybe she was an eight. I, I can't really remember. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, take it and tell us what you get, people. And if it's accurate, that's what we want to know. 
anyways, so Bella decides to go see Jacob. She decides that, like, as she says, this is on page 255, the chances of them, meaning Victoria and Laurent, following me to to La Push were much lower than the chance of losing Jacob to Sam. So as she's driving, she... Well, first I should say, she calls Charlie to see if she needs to, like, get the police involved. And he's very dismissive and basically is like, oh, Sam's a good guy. Like, all the people up there love him. Um, He almost says that, like, he was the one who rescued Bella that night. And they both know what he's referring to. And then basically just tells her to, like, not worry about it. And then he's like, I don't have time for this because they're are two new tourists missing and he says this wolf problem is getting out of hand and so Bella is like okay well that must mean that Laurent survived which is what she believes but he's like maybe they just escaped or maybe he just escaped the wolves like he just ran away um but I just don't really understand why she wouldn't think it was the wolves well they he saw footprints right Tracks, wolf tracks. I I thought that it was I. Bell's story made sense to me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense, but why does she automatically jump to the conclusion that it's Laurent killing people rather than the wolves? Because she was very afraid of the wolves, and she thought they were going to kill her too. Huh. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that seems more realistic in my mind. I don't know. This I I don't know if if you've picked up on this yet or not, but Stephanie does do a lot of unrealistic things in this book. So, it could be part of that. The audacity to say I don't know if you picked up on this yet. <laughs> Asshole. Okay. So, um Charlie basically hangs up with her and then she decides to call Billy and he says that Jacob's out with his friends and um, Bella says, oh, which friends? Is he with Quill? And Billy says, no, not with Quill. And she says, Embry. And Billy says, oh yeah, Embry. He's with Embry. And Bella's like, okay, well, I know he's part of the quote unquote gang. So I already know what I need to know. So she hangs up and she drives to the push. And as she's driving, she runs into Quill on the road. He's just walking. And he is just very upset. And apparently he had just confronted Jacob like earlier that day. And well, he tried to follow them and he didn't really confront him because he tried to follow Jacob and Embry. And he says that he knows that Jacob and Embry saw him, but they just turned and ran into the woods basically. And he says like that he's pretty sure that Sam and his crew were with them. So then they get Bella and Quill get to talking about the whole Sam situation. And Bella asks him if he thinks that it's drugs. And Quill says, I can't see Jacob or Embry getting into anything like that. But what do I know? What else could it be? And why aren't the old people worried? Jacob didn't want to be part of this cult. I don't understand what could change him. I don't want to be next. And then Bella, okay, I'm sorry not to like bring levity to this very serious situation, but she says, that was the second time I'd heard it described as a cult. I'm like, the first time was you. It was your word. <laughs> I think Jacob also said it, but I'm like, dude, you've been calling it that. Bella, 
Bella's so distraught right now. She doesn't even know what she she's saying. It's just messy, sis. <sighs> okay, so Bella drives Quill home, and um, she tells him that she's gonna go wait for Jacob, and he says good luck. Like he just seems very despondent, very upset, very afraid of what's gonna happen to him and of being next. Do you have any thoughts on on Quill's appearance here? It just, it makes me sad to, like, for him to not know what's going on with his friend. And, well, he's he had two friends who are now gone. And, like, to not know what's going on, to be worried, I, I feel for him. My heart goes out to him. Like, what a bummer to lose both your friends to something that one of your friends was on your side with. Like, oh, that's crazy. I can't believe Embry would do that you know, something bad must be going on. To then have that friend join them too, I i mean, I would be super worried as well. So my heart just goes out to Quill in this. Yeah, me too. So as Bella settles into wait, she doesn't have to wait long because Jacob just shows up and with him are Embry and Sam and then She's assuming um, Paul and Jared, because those were the names of the other two that Jacob said um, were in this group. And Bella just kind of has this this terrible moment when Jacob shows up. She describes how much he has physically changed. Like he chopped off all his hair. He seems like he's aged, like he's grown a lot. He's all muscular and his like whole energy is like dark and angry. And it's just very different from how she knows him to be. And um, when she sees Sam, she gets really mad and she's like, I wish I could destroy him. I wish I was a vampire. And then she gets all depressed about that because she had wanted to be a vampire back when she was with Edward. And she obviously can't have that future anymore. And so she's just like going through this whole array of emotions and it's a lot to deal with. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to picture like one of my friends who's just you ever have those friends who are very lighthearted, very bubbly? Like, I'm thinking from high school, she had a very, like, very good energy to her. But then there were some days where it was like, you could clearly tell that something was wrong, something was different. They're just, their personality is so loud one way that when something bad or drastic happens, it's palpable you can feel it and those days always made me really sad and upset because I could tell that something was bothering her so I feel like I can totally feel what Bella's feeling right now like to have something tangible like that and see that change would just be so scary yeah and to have him be angry too because I I've had friends like that also and I feel like the main distinguisher for me is that I've never seen them mad like, they just kind of let things roll off their shoulders. And Jacob has been upset before, like, when he was telling Bella about Sam before all this started happening. He was upset, and I guess you could kind of say that he was angry, but this guy is, like, about to fight you angry. Like, she describes him shaking later on, like, his hands are shaking with anger, and it's just, like, very menacing. Yeah, I, I think that the difference there is that he's upset, but he has, like, a a reason that Bella knows that that upsetness is stemming from here. He's just angry for 
a secret reason that she doesn't know about and at the end of the chapter still does not know about and I think that that is what makes it even scarier to just know like not only is he ex- completely different and emoting this unfamiliar thing to him but also to have no explanation why he's just a completely different person and to have no answers that would that would just rock my world you know like I think I I feel bad for Bella like this is kind of a crazy circumstance that she has to deal with yeah I agree I also think it's worth mentioning it's kind of a separate note but related um and we'll get into it more in soon coming chapters but it is very worth mentioning and discussing that first of all Stephanie Meyer decided that this was Quileute culture it happens to the Quileutes this is a thing that happens to them and of course I'm talking about turning into wolves because I already know that Paige knows Jacob is a werewolf and it's kind of not even kind of it is messed up that it's this dark evil thing that they clearly hate Jacob in this chapter it's very obvious that he's angry very angry about the thing that's happened to him and a lot of that is justified because it's caused by vampires as we have discussed before but again that's the world that Stephanie Meyer came up with and to have like Quileute culture intrinsically tied to something that is miserable and scary and mean is like very fucked up yeah I I remember we talked about this once before it was pretty recently ago but to it it makes me think, not that it makes me think, I'm confident in saying she didn't know what she was talking about, so she painted it in a negative light because it wasn't unknown to her. Like, to just immediately go with, I don't understand that, I'm not going to do the, re- I'm going to do the bare minimum of research and then just make it negative because I don't really know enough about it. It's just not great. Just not. Yeah. Agreed. And it falls into line with, you know, things that our culture has done for centuries. And by our culture, I mean white dominant culture, Anglo-Saxon. Like, I mean, you just look at the portrayal of indigenous people in our media for centuries as mascots of sports teams, professional and otherwise, of just this like violent enemy thing and I don't think that any of our listeners need to be told that that's not okay and I just wanted to make sure that we recognize that this is yet another manifestation of that exactly right I it's just it's so it's I I don't want to say frustrating because I feel like that word isn't strong enough to describe the feeling it's just it's disgusting be, being in a place of privilege to be able to take an entire culture and just say, well, I can do whatever I want with this. You know, it it's just disgusting. Yeah. I have nothing really to add to that because you said it. Yeah. I... I don't know if you can answer this question or not, but I was wondering um, 
Is the reason that Jacob cut his hair going to be explained later? Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, so like I said, we'll probably get into that more with other chapters that are coming up soon. And I do want to have an episode just dedicated kind of to that topic, but stay tuned on that. Um, so then this conversation with Bella and Jacob begins. And it begins with the others going into Billy's house to wait. Um, but it just is really not a productive conversation at all. Jacob says, you know, this isn't what you think. Like, it's not what I thought. I was way off. And Bella's like, well, what is it? But it just keeps coming back to the fact that he says he can't tell her. And he keeps telling her, like, I can't be, you can't be in my life. We're not friends anymore. Um, Sam's not the problem. He's helping me. And Jacob's beyond being able to be helped. Um, and he's like a bad person now. It's just, it's a mess. It's a mess of a conversation and upsetting to read. Um, also, what is 2008 slang catching? Like, I had to look that up. I was like, what does that mean? Where is that? Can you read the sentence? Yeah, on page 266, um, towards the bottom. This time he cringed away, holding his hands up defensively. Don't touch me, he whispered. Is Sam catching? I mumbled. <laughs> Stupid tears had escaped the corners of my eyes, blah, blah, blah. I think that means like doing drugs? That word is watching. Mine says catching. Seriously? Look. I I don't know if you're going to be able to see it. I can. Oh. Whoa. That's weird. This must be a typo. But I always, every time I read this growing up, I was like, what does that fucking mean? I'm going to look it up to see if that was really a typo. Because I bet someone else has noticed it before. I mean, I feel like we never would have noticed it if we didn't have two different books. I know. Okay, here's a Reddit post about it. Oh, my God. Yeah, some people are, like, trying to give it, like, this deep explanation. And other people are like, it's a typo. <laughs> That's really funny. Wow. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> that's the first time I ever... This is like the end of a long mystery for me because I read that when I was a kid and I was like, what? <laughs> I I had a similar thing where I've mentioned it before, but one of my favorite series when I was younger was Gregor the Overlander. And I remember the first time I read it in, you know, like sixth grade or whatever, I had read this phrase that I just completely did not understand and so sort of the premise of it is that this kid falls in a sewer grate he discovers a a very Alice in Wonderland-esque he discovers a whole land underground New York City and they kind of talk the people who live there talk their dialect is like a little different and so one of the characters said this phrase and I was like ah, I've never heard that before it must be like an underland thing that people say and I, it didn't make any sense to me, whatever. I just kind of glossed over it. Fast forward to when I reread it as like a couple months ago, the phrase is benefit of the doubt. It's literally just a regular phrase. I had just never heard it before. So I, it didn't make any sense to me. But yeah, no, it's just, it's just a regular human phrase. 
That's so funny. That is a very funny phenomenon to me where like when you read something when you're really young and you do not know what it means. So you just kind of make it into something that your brain can understand or you just skip over it like you did. Like the only thing I can think of, I know there's a ton that I had growing up, but the only thing I can think of right now is one day when I was like 13, I realized that the word ricochet and the word that I had been reading as ricochet were the same word because I always just thought it was pronounced like ricochet or something. And I was like, wait, is that the same word? I was stunned. I love it. <laughs> I I have that a same kind of thing with the word tutorial. I thought it was pronounced tutorial for a really long time until someone, and like I only ever like read it in my head, you know, and tutorial isn't really something that's a common word that you would just say in a regular conversation. So one day, like in eighth grade or something, I was playing Guitar Hero at my friend's house. And I was like, oh, do you guys want to do the tutorial? And her, her brother was like, the tutorial? And I, it was, it was shocking to me. <laughs> That's so funny. <sighs> okay, so as Jacob keeps saying, stop blaming Sam. Bella's like, well, then who should I blame? And he says, you don't want to hear that. And she argues with him and eventually gets him to tell her who is to blame. And he says, if you want to blame someone, why don't you point your finger at those filthy, reeking bloodsuckers that you love so much? And Bella is understandably shook because she didn't know that Jacob believed in the Collins as vampires. Like, obviously, when he told her about them, he didn't believe in them. So something has changed there. And trying to, like, bluff, she's like, who are you talking about? <laughs> he says the Collins, and then she's just kind of like standing there and she's like don't tell me you're listening to Billy's superstitious nonsense now and Jacob is just not buying into her bullshit um, so Jacob's just getting madder and madder and Bella is surprised when she hears Edward's voice in her head like as if she is in danger and Edward is telling her like don't push him like give him a chance to calm down because he is very angry, as I was mentioning earlier. And then Jacob is like, let's head back. There's nothing more to say. And this is how I felt. There's everything more to say. You haven't said anything yet, which is true. He really hasn't. He's like, can't tell you. <laughs> um, then she brings up Quill and there's a total shift in Jacob's demeanor. He gets really upset and sad. He literally is holding onto a tree for support. And he says, he won't be next. He can't be. It's over now. This shouldn't still be happening. Why? Why? I do got to say, I, I'm, we'll come back to the important part of that information. But further down in the paragraph, it says, his fist slammed against the tree. It wasn't a big tree, slender and only a few feet taller than Jacob. But it still surprised me when the trunk gave way and snapped off loudly under his blows. What is with these men and destroying trees in this book? This is the second tree. Different man, two trees destroyed. Lay off the foliage. It, they did nothing to you except provide you with oxygen, okay? So true, bestie. While you were saying that, I choked on air, like, for real, and I thought I was going to die. I had a moment. Did you see the fear in my eyes? I was like. <laughs> I did. Anyways. <laughs> um. Okay. So, Jacob says he has to get back. 
and Bella keeps trying to stop him, and he says, go home, Bella, I can't hang out with you anymore. The silly, inconsequential hurt was incredibly potent. The tears welled up again. Are you breaking up with me? The words were all wrong, but they were the best way I could think to phrase what I was asking. After all, what Jake and I had was more than any schoolyard romance. Stronger. Interesting that you say that, because you're the one who keeps saying you're just friends. But whatever. <sighs> so Bella does the thing that you should never do. Because she thinks to herself, like, maybe this isn't about the Collins. Maybe it actually is just me. And he's, like, trying to use this as an excuse to get away from me. As we were talking about earlier. Um... And so she does the thing that you should never do where she bargains with him and says that she'll change if he stays with her. Never! Never should you do this. You're just going to end up unhappy. You've already admitted to yourself and the other party that you're not ready for a relationship and you can't be that person for the other. And if you suddenly are like, well maybe I can do this in order to salvage whatever we have. After a while, you're just going to go back to feeling the way you did, just in a worse situation. Yes, it's as if you jumped off a cliff and then halfway down, you're like, what if I put on this left elbow pad? That's a good analogy. <laughs> Thank you, I'm a genius. <laughs> My IQ is off the charts. <laughs> it makes me think of when I was in college I dated this guy for like a month because we met and he was like he was so like into it and friendly and I was just so excited that someone wanted to date me that I was like yeah let's freaking date and then after like a week I was like oh I don't know I don't know how I feel about this and I kept bargaining with myself like just, you know, just give it a little bit more time. You know, you just got to get comfortable with each other. Like, you know, you are happy. Don't, if if you believe you're happy, then you'll become happy. And after a month, I was like, I'm not happy. I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. And I also kept saying like, oh, well, maybe it's just because like, no man has wanted me this way in a long time that I just don't know. I just don't know how to feel like I, these are just foreign feelings to me. So maybe this is the way I'm supposed to feel. Now, looking back on it, I'm like, girl, you just didn't like him. Like that, that was it. That was it all along. But I kept bargaining with myself. And guess what? I ended up unhappy for longer. That's so sad. Anytime a sentence begins with, if you believe that you're happy, get out. Get out of the room. Ugh, I remember thinking about it one day in class. Like, ugh, he wants to hang out at lunch, but, like, I can't do it. And I was like, just do it. You'll be happy once you do it. Guess what? I was not happy. You're reminding me of Charlie and Perks of Being a Wallflower. I don't know if this happens in the book. I can't remember. But in the movie, he, like, is on the phone with, is it Mary Elizabeth? And he, like, literally leaves her on the phone and goes down and talks to his parents. And she, his mom's like, she's on the phone right now. And her dad's like, why don't you just break up with her? And he's like, I can do that? I'm pretty sure that does happen in the book. And he comes back to the phone and she was just talking the whole time. Like, she didn't even know that he left. Uh, high school relationships and even college relationships, let's be real. Okay, so Jacob... Or, sorry, Bella does that whole thing. I'll just read it, I guess. I'm sorry that I couldn't before. 
I wish I could change how I feel about you, Jacob. Maybe, maybe I would change. Maybe if you gave me some time. Just don't quit on me now, Jake. I can't take it. Jacob says, no, don't think like that, Bella, please. Don't blame yourself. Don't think this is your fault. This one is all me. I swear it's not about you. It's not you. It's me, I whispered. There's a new one. I mean it, Bella. I'm not... I'm not good enough to be your friend anymore or anything else. I'm not what I was before. I'm not good. And and he basically just runs away. And Bella stands out there in the rain for, doesn't she say like a half hour? Something bad. And finally, Billy comes out and he's like, hey, I told your dad you were on your way home. <laughs> Which is like kind of cold. But also, what else could you do? I feel really bad for Billy in this chapter because I wanted to bring this up earlier, but we just get it on through it so it wasn't important but Bella shows up at his house and is just sitting in her car and she waves at him and he's like hi like he already told her that Jacob's out right now he's with friends and she just freaking showed up like he must be like what is this crazy girl doing I, I what am I supposed to do about this and now Jacob is like breaking some hard news to her and she's just standing in the pouring rain and he has to be like you gotta go I'm sorry you can't be here anymore like I feel so bad for him god that's so hilarious when you put it like that (laughs) oh poor Billy (sighs) so Bella drives home and she keeps trying to tell herself that this isn't as bad as when Edward broke up with her Um, I feel like this quote sums it up. This wasn't as bad. This wasn't the end of the world, not again. This was just the end of what little peace there was left behind. That was all. And then she says, like, Jacob wasn't helping her heal. He was just carving out, quote unquote, his own hole. So she gets. Sorry, were you going to say something? Oh, no, I was just nodding. I, I can't remember if I said this on the pod or if I mentioned it to someone else. I don't know. I think I actually mentioned it to Danny. But. Yeah, you were using Jacob as a tool to not get over Edward. You were using him to distract you so you couldn't heal properly. And now you've just done yourself more damage because you still have that gaping wound from the first place. And now you've lost the thing that was keeping you afloat. So you have to mourn that loss on top of the loss you were already not mourning. Once again, so true, bestie. Rebounds never work. For more, see Taylor Swift's sleeper hit Getaway Car off the 2017 album Reputation. As I was saying, <laughs> Bella gets home and Charlie is there and he is horrified when he sees her face because he's like, oh my gosh, is she going to go into that depression again? And Bella tells him that Sam Yuli said that Jacob can't be her friend anymore. And then she goes up to shower, and when she gets out, she can hear Charlie on the phone clearly with Billy. And he's kind of yelling, not kind of, he is yelling at Charlie, because it's clear from his side of the conversation that Billy is trying to blame the whole thing on Bella not wanting to date Jacob. And Charlie's like, well, that's bullshit, blah, 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 what's going on with Sam? Um, and then he says, if whatever Jacob has going on with his Sam character sends her back into that depression, then Jacob is going to have to answer to me. You're my friend, Billy, but this is hurting my family. And then he goes on to say, 
Those boys set one toe out of line and I'm going to know about it. We'll be keeping an eye on the situation. You can be sure of that. Bella says he was no longer Charlie. He was Chief Swan now. So this is causing fighting between the friends too, which I guess was kind of inevitable. I also think like, I I am glad that Charlie is defending Bella, even though I think that Bella isn't giving him the best information. Like, I don't think Jacob outright told her, yes, Sam is telling me I can't be your friend. She's coming to her own conclusion on that. So for Bella to then tell her dad that, like, yeah, he would believe his daughter, you know, and go off of that. So I, I am, I am glad that he's trying to take her side and stand up for her. But I do think it's kind of fucked up to use your position as someone in law enforcement to specifically scrutinize people who have wronged you personally. Yes, I absolutely agree. It's a misuse of power and it it has caused a lot of like wrongful convictions, just any number of horrible things to people that didn't deserve it. Yeah. That was the only thing I wanted to say. No, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, Bella doesn't really process this. She just goes into her room and cries herself to sleep. Been there, sis. And she describes her dream. Um, rain was falling. Jacob's walking next to her and it's the new he calls she calls him the new Jacob and then he turns into Edward and then he vanishes and then she wakes up in the middle of the night and she's like fuck that was a terrible dream I have to go back to sleep basically she doesn't say fuck because this is a Mormon book but you know what I mean um and then the last paragraph of the chapter is that's when I heard the noise that must have wakened me in the first place. Something sharp scraped along the length of my window with a high-pitched squeal like fingernails against the glass. When this comes out, it'll be October, so it's fitting. Okay, that's all I'm doing. Okay, what if we used that Halloween version of our theme song for all episodes in October? I'd be down. I know I know you want it so bad because it makes your ass shake. <laughs> it does. It's not it's involuntary. And it has wolf howls in it, so it's appropriate topically. I think it's perfect. Stay tuned. <laughs> the people who are listening to this right now are like, yeah, it was at the beginning of the episode. But right now when we're talking about it, we hadn't decided yet. I just got a text. <laughs> Wow, I'm so tired. I just got a text from my dad, and it showed up on my phone, and I thought it said God, and I was like, what? Excuse me? If it had said God, what did God just tell you? The fact that I was afraid tells me that my subconscious thinks he was telling me I was doing some fucked up shit or something. Well, what what does the little text push notification say? Oh, it's actually so cute and wholesome. I can't. I can't. <laughs> My dad got an iPhone like a, a couple months ago. I don't know if I mentioned it on the pod, but he had had a flip phone since the beginning of time. And he finally got an iPhone. And today, just now he texted me and said, a guy showed me how to swipe type today. Best thing ever! Exclamation point. You know, as someone who is all knowing and all powerful, you would think that God would have gotten a smartphone at this point. 
<laughs> if that was actually from God, I feel like it would literally say, Emily, stop eating so much trail mix. <laughs> okay, but of the things that you can eat a lot of, trail mix is not the worst thing. Okay, but like, I'm eating inhuman quantities of it. Have you stopped to consider maybe you are a squirrel? <laughs> that would explain a lot, honestly. I wish I was a squirrel, because then, like, I would just be carefree, I would be in the trees, and then one day I'd get hit by a car and it would be over for me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was so dark. Wow, cut that out. <laughs> I, I don't... I, my only thoughts to that were um, the first thing that popped in my head was I saw a TikTok today um, where it was like m- book recommendations for people who like like the and then in quotation marks a romance book where two completely opposite people are attracted to each other. One is um, a person who wants to change the other and the other one is like well, I'm brood, dark and brooding. I will kill if I don't get my way. And it was very, like, Twilight-esque kind of vibes. And then it, you think that it's going to show you a book recommendation. And they're holding up a book that has a note card taped to it that says, Homie, go to therapy. <laughs> oh, my God. So when you said that squirrel thing, the first thing that popped in my brain was, Homie, go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and you were wrong. You know what I'm trying to bring back single-handedly right now? That iconic video where he's like, am I wrong? You're going to look at me and tell me that I'm wrong? She wore a crown and she came down in a bubble, Doug. (laughs) Her sister was a princess. So what does that make her? (laughs) And then the other guy's like, I'm going to stab him. (laughs) He pulls out a knife. It is it is iconic. It's definitely one of the internet's best videos. I don't say that lightly. Have you seen the video? I would say it's it's pretty funny. Um but it's it's like a chef and he's just adding a bunch of ranch to things and he's going he's making mmm sounds, but they're like and it's really loud. It's like it gets increasingly louder and louder. He's saying mmm so good but in a really obnoxious way not sexual it's just like very bizarre i'll send it to you if you haven't seen it please do because i haven't i don't know what you're talking about sounds cool though (laughs) i wouldn't say cool it is just a little wacky okay that's fine um how do we get so off track? What do you think is going to happen in the next chapter? The next chapter is called Intruder, and we left off with a cliffhanger, so. Well, someone's going to pop on into Bella's bedroom. Who could it be? I don't know. I My heart says it's going to be Jacob, but, I mean, my brain says probably Laurent. I don't know. I It has to be someone supernatural. Like, why else would someone be trying to get into Bella's bedroom? Who's it going to be? Freaking Mike Newton? No, it's not. I swear to God, if it's Mike, I'm, I'm ending the podcast. <laughs> well, I've had a good run, folks. <laughs> That's funny. Did you have anything from that chapter that we didn't cover? Mm-mm. I only had a couple notes, honestly, so we hit them all. Gang, gang. Um, Cool. Well, it's my week to do the socials. We have been getting some A-plus commentary from Friend of the Pod Gem on 
Twitter on our episodes today, they reminded us of the iconic SpongeBob meme, the iron butt. So thanks for that, Jem. We look forward to it every week. You all can do the same thing and make me and Paige's day. Paige and I, no, it'd be me and Paige. Anyway, um, Tumblr and Instagram, we're at Tuesdays Are For Twilight. Twitter, we're at Taft Pod. You can also email us, TuesdaysAreForTwilight at gmail.com. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash TuesdaysAreForTwilight. Just know that if we're not getting back to you on a DM or an email, just know that it's because... We are people <laughs> and we have other things. It turns out we only get paid about $4 every two months from this podcast. So just give us some time. We love you. It doesn't mean that we don't care about your message or if we just laugh, react to it and move on with our day. It doesn't mean that we don't care about you. It could mean that we're on a subway in Boston. It could literally mean a lot of different things. Okay, we still love you. We still want to hear from you. Also, with everything that we've discussed today, and obviously we'll keep discussing throughout this book and the remaining books, please do what you can to support the Quileute tribe. And you can find all the information on their initiative to move their tribal lands to higher ground at mthg.org. Paige, you've had plenty of time to think it up. What do you got? Sometimes we are not strong enough. And sometimes those who we love are not strong enough to <laughs> stop laughing i'm sorry continue if your friends or your loved ones are not strong enough you be the protein shake of their life you give them strength because that's what friends do i'm not gonna lie when you said friends or loved ones i really thought you were gonna take it in a mesothelioma direction <laughs> I'll save that. I'll keep that in mind for next time. Okay. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week for Chapter 12, Intruder. Bye, guys. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Mm-hmm.